Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes, never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. Okay, Nola is back here on the show in short order, and not just because you're short, but... uh, you know, I enjoyed you on the concert episodes. I, got, I enjoyed you too. I got good feedback uh, about you. So, uh, how can you not love Nola? And she deserves to be on this episode. And this is an important episode for me because I decided to do something that I've never done before, and I can't believe I have it in all these years. So, long story short, basically taking the rock and rank system, which is the original rock and roll geek show scoring system. And I put it to the entirety of the studio albums of the Kiss catalog. And this episode is going to be our individual top five Kiss albums of all time. Yet another reason to love Nola. She decided to go on this journey with me. I didn't have to twist her arm too much. It was pretty much voluntarily if i'm not mistaken i said i was gonna do this and then you the well co- you you said you were gonna do it and then you were like will you do it with me and i was like yeah i guess but i mean yeah. i'm not upset that i did it like yeah. i'm well i'm a little upset that i did it because i don't <laughs> in some aspects I don't, <laughs> I don't understand how yeah. some of these numbers are the numbers that they are yeah. because kind of fuck some of these albums um honestly <laughs> yeah. as as my individual opinion that a lot of you guys probably think is wrong. Oh. I mean, some of the most hardcore Kiss nerds out there will say fuck some of these albums. Yeah. And, 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 and everybody's and, got to fuck this album album. And to a varying, like, that is so unfair of you to say that, to, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. we're all snowflakes. And how, sometimes. And how. <laughs> and I mean that in both ways. Yes. One is that we're individual... And two, we get really fucking butthurt and sensitive when it comes to Kiss for some reason. But it's my favorite band, so I'm in the world and I have to accept it as the way it is. And we're on the internet, so we have to give our opinion on it. Oh yeah. And sometimes I'm like, I don't think this is your favorite band. Like, you don't love this band at all, do you? You just, how how can you? I mean, (laughs) all you do is say bullshit. So, okay. We each took a few different individual passes that concerns how we broke down this catalog Nola has her niche thing and I have my niche thing and we will reveal that as time goes on. But we're going to start off and I'm going to put Nola here in the hot seat. So, your fifth favorite Kiss album. So, my fifth favorite Kiss album ended up being Crazy Nights, which which is from 1987. I I thought that this would do better. I, I, I guess it's just one of those things where it's the songs that I really like on their outweigh the songs that i just kind of like yeah this is where the math gets involved because you take an album like crazy nights what does it have 11 12 songs something like that it's about that so 
let's say, you know, if, if it had 10 songs and they cut out the two that you might consider like, ah, oh, you know, those are okay, then the album would have scored a lot better. Yeah. But when you add songs, sometimes it actually hurts you on the scoring system. So that's where the science gets involved with how some of these are ranked. So Crazy Nights has 11 songs. If, for instance, let's say a song you didn't like on there, like you... Like No, No, No. Yeah, you gave a big fat zero to No, No, No. No, No, No is a big No, No, No from me. And if that, and if that if hadn't that been wasn't... on there, it'd probably be number three or something on your top five. You know, something to that effect. Just as hypo- yeah. just hypothetically, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to do the math real quick and I just yeah. can't. And like that gets into like an album like Hot in the Shade, which the stuff I love on it, I love. Yeah. And there's some stuff that a lot of fans, and I concur some stuff could have been cut off of this and it would have been a stronger tighter record but that's just you know when, that's their journey and when we're doing this like we're trying to make sure that we are just doing the capsule of this one album right there in that moment when we rake it yeah. so when something comes on that we end up not liking it can affect the songs afterwards or if it comes off something that we really like so uh like bang bang you is in front of no 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 and then it's followed by Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water may have gotten a full point had No No Nova not been on there. <laughs> so as far so as like how they track the record, how they track it, and you plays almost an have effect. to leave. You almost have to leave. Let's say like let's say for instance, if you did have a personal journey with this when it came out, like I did for instance, like I have a full memory of this album being a new album and going along on the journey with it, and I have a lot more nostalgia for this album yeah. than you do. However, you ranked it better. Uh, I mean, I was one when this came out. Right, exactly. (laughs) So you almost have to check that at the door, too, because any nostalgia you have for it, you're forcing your brain almost to be like, okay, we're we're doing this song by song. And then sometimes... On on this album. Sure, but sometimes sequence does have an effect on it. And you also have to take into account that some of these songs we've seen live, and they're so good live. Like the title track, for Like the title track. Yeah. Which they they need to be playing it at every show. They should. That's our opinion. And and then, you know, when you take something that is so good in live form, you have to kind of push that out of your brain. And then me especially, because I've only seen Tommy and Eric play these songs. So when the early stuff comes on and Peter is singing, I'm just like... It's Peter, it's not Eric. And I need to not base my opinion because of that. Yeah, because there were Peter Maybe, songs that you did like, and there yeah. were Ace songs that you did like, which shocked me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's... You really kind of have to check those opinions at the door. Yeah. But we're going to get into we're, In short, we're saying don't hate us. Yeah. We're, we're, all, we're all in the KISS Army, and some of us are in the KISS Navy with each other. So... This is this is how it breaks down. This is just your number how it five happens. is Crazy Nights. So uh, yeah, Nola has a pick here for <laughs> her Crazy Nights representative, and which I did sample on the intro track, and uh, and Mo- I think it's a real good song. <laughs> I think Nola it really is likes this super song. fun. It is it is everything that you expect an '80s Kiss song to be. Yeah, it's it's good and it's poppy and it's and it's real tacky it's, yeah, it's very tacky and it's you're owning it so it's I, so wonderful and i hope you guys enjoy it so we're about to hear bang bang you wow
that was Bang Bang You off of Crazy Nights. I gave that album, my fifth favorite album, a 77. And yeah, 77 I, out of 100. 70, 77 was the percentage yes. that it that it got. Um, so I I love Bang Bang You. I think it's I think it's fun. I think they should play it. I think they should own it as much as I am. Okay. All right. That's a that's a big hump to get over because, like I said, they're not playing crazy crazy nights consistently. Bang Bang U is going to be a tough sell, even though they played it like pretty much on the entirety of the Crazy Nights tour. Which our friend Todd Cunningham saw that tour. I'm jealous. I know he said that uh, he saw Anthrax open on that show. Imagine that. That's so weird. But he said Anthrax blew him away because it's not considered one of their better tours as far as like, you know, like being like really charged up for it. Yeah. The, uh, the knock on it is that apparently they seem to be going through the motions a little bit, but at the time I do know, like just reading like the kiss of life forever book, which is the kiss Bible. Uh, they were in the best of moods as you know, in life because they were in their worst financial situation they ever had been. And so it just was kind of a downer of a tour. Although I, I I'm pretty sure Gary Corbett who played keyboards on that tour is going to be at the Nashville rock and pot expo. Yeah. I'm going to whip his ass for Eric Carr stories and just be like, Hey, she Cause I, I, you know, he played on she's so unusual by Cindy Lauper and he wrote she So I think that's super fucking cool. Anyway, excited to meet Gary Corbett and myself and Nola will both be there. Yes. And you should too. Let's still go ahead and plug that. Yeah. Nashville yeah. rock and pot expo. Go to the GoFundMe page, get your admission, get on the list, get that early admission so you can come hang out with us and maybe even do a cameo in Rock Strikes 10. I'm pretty open for that, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're the draw, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's... Yeah. I, I'm the talent. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, if you guys come out, you know, come see us, come say hi. We'd love to meet all of you guys. Uh, hugs, high fives, fist bumps. Yeah. Uh, whatever pg type greeting you're into yes um <laughs> thank you yes i, I, I will i will clarify. be around i will be around guys so yeah uh, uh if you come talk to us just come armed with a uh with a desert island top 10 there you go, hey, and, there you uh, go. or your kiss uh, scientific breakdown yeah or uh <laughs> or tell well, me or tell me how much you love eagles of death metal and uh-huh. hate russian circles <laughs> By the way, if you do bring your own kiss list, you need to show your work, just like in school. So, yeah. So let's move on. Uh, What What is your fifth favorite album? Husband. Funny you ask. Now, (laughs) I didn't expect this going into this. There are lots of surprises for me. I found out a lot about who I am as a Kiss fan. This was very almost emotional at times for me. And then when you when you uh, broke down that list on the spreadsheet, I'm just looking at it, and I was just like, huh. And then there were a few ties also. So yeah, you had you had a ton of ties. Well, just the way it works. I mean, I, I had like three ties in these twenty albums, <laughs> yeah. and Joey has like seventeen of them are ties. Yeah. So I believe it was around like ninety. Like, and my point percentage is going to be a lot higher than any of Nola's. Yeah. Just so, because that's just um, you know I'm, you know we're but, both fans, but I'm the fanboy of the of the but house. But also. You know? Well, it, it's harder to get your attention as well as it should be. You know, I'm I'm an easier sell sometimes, maybe. Uh, but, you know, you you have to earn it with Nola. That's yeah. for sure. And I mean that in the best possible way. So, like well, I, I said, mean, my just... so her number five has got a seventy-seven percent. My number five has like a ninety-one percent. And <laughs> my I did have a tie for fifth place, and they were both solo albums from nineteen seventy-eight. <laughs> 
my Ace and Paul albums tied. So at that point, I, she... I will say that those are the best two solo albums. Oh, yeah. yeah, they are. I and mean, universally as... considered too. Yeah. yeah. So, and I really and Jean's actually did very well. If I told you some of the albums that Jean did over on my list, you might think I'm crazy. However, getting to the Paul Ace thing. Uh, at, he, I said, when you see a tie, just ask me which album would I want to put on right now, or like, where are you at right now with it? And this was the hardest decision I made because they both ranked very high. And at the end of the day, I chose the Paul Stanley record because some, it's better. I, I think. I mean, debatable. You, you would. Yeah, you would definitely. I, th- I think you. I believe you would think it's better. You would listen to it more than the Ace Frehley one. Yeah, the Ace I mean, Frehley album Paul. is great. But it's the fine. Paul one is, is is great too. So I, I chose Paul in a, in a just a uh, it was like so close. I but, hope I didn't sway you on that decision at all. No, 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 because yeah, I wouldn't have ranked some of those albums the way I did. I mean, you know that. Yeah. I mean, I, mean so. I I don't think I was just like, oh, what do you what do you think is better, the no, the never... wonderful, marvelous, fantastic Paul <laughs> solo <laughs> album or the uh, that really gross Ace one? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, maybe someday you will come around to Ace, you know. He's I mean, he's, he's harmless. Fine. Come on. <laughs> he's, he's adequate. Yeah. So back <laughs> please, to, please back don't to, send me hate mail, guys. <laughs> back to my number five, which is the Paul Stanley record. My fifth favorite kiss album of all time. It's wild. I think I've played this before on the show, but it's been a while and this is just a super freaking cool song. Even Paul admits that this song is a compilation of raspberry songs that he just flipped around and made his own. So how can you not love it? It's Paul Stanley with tons of raspberries influence. My number five, what? <laughs> Every time you say raspberries, I just imagine like Paul Stanley like blowing on Jane's belly for some reason, like giving him giving him tummy raspberries, and I'm like, that's not what's going on. Wow. <laughs> And I like that it's Jean's tummy. It's not like sure. some like hot girl that he just had yeah. sex with. Yeah, because that would be weird. Yeah, it's way funnier if it's Jean. Yeah. Jean um, <laughs> should have done that in the decline of Western civilization movie <laughs> to all those girls in the lingerie shop. He would have been booted out of there. And, well, maybe not. It is Hollywood after all. It's fine. So to represent the Paul Stanley 1978 solo record, this is "Wouldn't You Like to Know Me."
All right, that was Wouldn't You Like to Know Me by Paul Stanley off of the Paul Stanley solo record, but technically a Kiss album because they all have the Kiss logo on the front, and I'm counting it. So They're in the makeup. And a small correction, that actually scored 89 out of 100 tied with Ace's solo album. Paul originally wanted Ron Nevison to produce that album, which is the guy that wound up producing Crazy Nights later on. So there you go. I tied in those two entries all the way from 78 to 87. I flipped it, and I still tied them into each other with something even more in common than just being a Kiss record. So huzzah. Hooray! Hooray. So it's time for your number four. Number four. And I remember we listened to this late at night because I insisted we listen to this album as late as humanly possible because out of all the Kiss records for me for some reason... And I think the first album is like this a lot too. But I think this album works way better at night. And like after midnight especially. It just has that feel to me. It always has. I don't know if it's the imagery of the record or just the time it came out. But it works at night. And you responded very well to this album. Actually. Yeah. So uh, my number four ranked Kiss album is Animalize. Which I knew would do really well. Again, like, the songs that I know right off the bat that are on it, I know that I love them. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, this will do pretty good. I didn't know how well it would do, because yeah. there are some albums that I didn't know any songs off the top of my head. Now, uh, since you ranked Animalize at number four, did Burn Bitch Burn have an effect on the point system? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I have to say this, because, like... That's the question on everybody's mind right now. Is it like, so... So, uh, so quick little breakdown. So, Animalize has nine songs. Yeah. And out of those nine tracks, I had one song that I gave half a point to, and one song that I gave zero points to. Yes. So, Burn so, Bitch Burn actually... Animalize would have ranked higher in your top five if that so, stupid song hadn't been on there. Had Gene not put on that stupid-ass song that I apparently didn't like, <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember it now because it was, like, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, if by the second chorus, if I don't already love it, then I'm just going to be like, uh-uh. Because I'm, I took I was a, trying to I was trying to secretly film her during the bridge for the I want to put my log in your fireplace lyric. But I couldn't pull it off, yeah. sadly. And I and you guys know me. Like I love a good pun and bad joke and and eye roll and clever innuendos and things like that. And obviously because you played Bang Bang You. Because I played Bang Bang You. Like that's Is it the messenger? Is it is it Paul versus Gene? Is I mean, that there, what it is? I mean there is definitely something to that. Um, we'll talk about that. Part we will later talk for about sure. that later for sure. Um but I mean I, I knew that I would really like Animal Eyes, and, and I approach the ranking system a little differently than you, to where if I liked it, it got a point. If I would listen to half the song and then skip it, it got a half point. Okay. And then if I listen to it and I'm just like, take this off my iPod, yeah. it, it got a zero point, and that's yeah. what happened with Burn Bitch Burn. That was the best way that I could do it. Yeah. But, you know, coming in with a strong 83... Yeah. Like, honestly, like, there are 20 albums and 16 of them scored below an 80. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. I know, so I just, I'm just realizing that now. Yeah. So I've got four albums that did eighty or better. Yeah. And and animalizes the first one to to break the eighty threshold. It's got like I said an eighty three. Like I said, I just I like this more than I thought that I would, but I knew that I would like what I like. Yeah, and it's from a particular era. We seem to you know. I I am the, an eighties Kiss fan. Yeah, it's, I am too. That's where I came in. So, and. Also, what I wanted to do when it came down to representing the albums that we scored the highest, I'm not necessarily going to do what we do a lot more often than not on Rock Strikes 10, which is to play like, you know, super deep cuts or whatever, because I think it actually does some of these albums a disservice and justifying our opinions also if we don't go with strong fucking tracks in a sense of, Hey, I might actually want to buy this. Oh, that's on there? So we're kind of doing it a little yeah. different here on this episode. And I like that you picked this because I still love hearing this song. I've heard it a billion times. And it's just, this is another one where I talked about earlier with Crazy Crazy Nights. You know, I like Lick It Up pretty well. But it's I feel like they're playing that instead of this song. And I wish they would bring this one back. Yeah. Uh, so this is Heaven's on Fire. And you guys should definitely turn this one up.
Paul Stanley jumps through the fiery circus hoop. We hope you enjoyed Heaven's on Fire there. A little video reference every now and then never hurt anybody. So If you have no idea what we're talking about, go to YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Search for Heaven's on Fire, how, obviously. How have you not seen that? And also, shame on you. Shame. Shame. So moving on, we're going to do my number four here. And this is an album that ranked number nine in your overall favorites. The debut album, simply titled Kiss. And you really can't mess with this album as far as defending it to any any fan of Kiss pretty much universally loves this album. Needs to like this album. And yeah. if they don't like it, then they're not a real Kiss fan and they yeah. they need to get the fuck out. Yeah. Whether you enjoy Monster or Dress to Kill, you you do love the first album. No one really argues the first album. The band still plays like seven or eight out of ten songs pretty well, consistently I mean, live. They had seven or eight it's off of those 10 yeah. songs. Well, I mean, yeah. it had they're loo- not chart hits, but they're, loosely, they're, they're fan they're classic. Fan they're band classics, as Paul Stanley likes to put, you know. Well, so. I mean, because they've been playing them for 50 yeah, years. Exactly. They made them classics. Yeah, so it's uh, it's hard to argue with the first album once again. It ranked very well in my scoring system. It got 90%. You gave it 70%. So let's get into that. Okay, a little debating. All right. What did you not like on uh, the first album? Are there... Are, are they all points and zeros? Yeah. Okay. There, there are no no half points. Okay, so uh, easy enough. What are the two zeros? Three zeros. Three zeros. Yeah, three that's zeros. Right, yeah. And I, f- I feel really bad saying this almost, but I gave Cold Gin a zero. Oh. Because if I never hear Cold Gin again, I'll be okay. Oh. Blasphemy. When it, when it comes on, I'm kind of done with it. See, Four it. words in. <laughs> all right. And... Like you once, actually, you know, the, once it's cold gin time again, I'm done. You're in the bathroom. I'm already buying another soda. I've got sure. nachos. I'm yeah. waiting for it to end. Yeah. And then also most Kiss fans would probably agree with you on your other zero, but I love kissing time. I, I, I don't know why, but I have to be honest with myself. I love kissing time. I don't and, care what anybody says. And that's fine. Like, I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, same thing with the love theme. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not into it. So yeah. they got, they got zeros. Yeah. I mean, you know, love theme is just like, eh, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's all right, but eh, you yeah. know, instrumentals always have a tough road, especially when you rank it. Especially song. with me. Well, yeah. With you. And especially like when you go song by song on a record, you know. It could yeah. hurt the flow. You never know. Yeah, with and the I'm exception not, of a few really good ones out there. But yeah. yeah, and I'm and I'm not saying that you know Cold Gin isn't a good song. Like I just, I just don't want to hear don't, it you anymore. You don't prefer it. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, so some of these, you know, you may not have heard the studio version a whole bunch of times. So even going back, hearing the studio version, which you're used to hearing it live, it still didn't redeem it in your eyes. Yeah, like it still just didn't do anything for me. Fair enough. I, I still wanted to get up while it was playing and go get a soda and some nachos. Yeah, and I, I always I said this whole time while we were doing it, do not take my feelings and any kind of biasness into account. And that's why I did the same thing as it concerned you. you yeah. Know, you just have to, it has to be your personal journey. I keep saying that, but that's, that's totally true. So the representative I chose for Kiss's self-titled record, their debut album, I was about to say, I can't believe I haven't played on the show, but I literally played this song on the very first episode that I ever did. I I tried to make the perfect debut album by picking my individual favorite tracks from each debut album that I thought were really strong, and this was, I believe, song number seven 
on that entire episode. So for the first time in a long time, this is Deuce. Obvious Kiss standard for the already indoctrined Kiss Army, but I'd like to think that there's maybe a few people out there that aren't fans, you know. So that's why you, I need to play a song like Deuce for people like that, and I never get sick of it. That's the other thing about yeah, it. Yeah, this is this does the exact opposite the Cold Gin does. They're gonna play Deuce, and I'm gonna sing along. Yeah, so and it should always be either the first or second song of the night. No later in the set does it need Don't- to be. Put dues in your encore. It's fucking weird, and I don't like it. Yeah, or even like in the middle of the show. Yeah. They played it in the middle of the show at Vegas and at the Sonic Boom tour, and it was just weird. Yeah, and I was. Deuce is like. I mean, I wasn't put off, but I was just like, uh, this is fine," because I'm still singing along to it. Willow will make cameos from time to time throughout the show because we're both in the room. So usually, usually I'm I the do, cat wrangler. Yeah, oh god, every time. <laughs> 
every time. All right, moving on to your number three. This was actually officially my number nine, and I'm 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 proud of that actually because I think that's a good ranking for this album. This is an album that if you go look on like I think Classic Rock Magazine did like a critics list or something like that. I believe this is in like the bottom two or three, and for a lot of fans it is. I don't understand it, but here's where we do the disclaimer we've been doing pretty much in every segment of this episode. I have. I had a massive affinity for this record. This was the first new Kiss album with me being a fan. But that being said, I feel like I still treated this album as fairly as possible. You know, I was critical when I thought it deserved it. But I think this album is mega underrated. And I was really happy to see that this ranked number three on yours. I I was too. I mean, just looking at the track list, there are three songs that I'm just like, yes, every time they come on. Yeah. And it's, it's fitting. It's fitting that this uh, scored in '85, because this album was put out in 1985. Yes, excellent. Yes, so Fantastic. Asylum. Asylum. So just one zero that I ranked on this album. What was the zero? Radar for Love. Yeah. See, that's telling. You're not a Zeppelin fan at all, are I you? I sure the hell am not. Because <laughs> that that is that is a Zeppelin throwback. <sighs> and I'm not a big fan of that song either. I, I I don't think I gave it more than a half if I gave it anything. So. Yeah. And then, and after <laughs> that, only one song got a half point. Everything else are full point. What was the half? The half point was secretly cruel. Okay, that's that's fair. I think I gave it a half too. So, so I'm just you know yeah. two two songs that I didn't really know anyway but they didn't really do anything for me no. uh, but with a super strong 85 my number three is asylum from 1985 yeah and what are we playing we are gonna be playing who wants to be lonely i am all for that let's check it out wait you you mean this is the uncensored version the the one they didn't show on television yeah how'd you get that Magic.
Alright, there you go. Uh, scantily clad, wet ladies in showers. <laughs> That's the imagery most guys get when they hear this song. But that is just a damn fine song on the surface. And I swear, hand on heart, I swear on my podcast and my marriage that I did not give her this answer in advance. But I bet she could figure it out in very few guesses. So obviously Paul Stanley co-wrote that song because he sang it, which is always the case with Paul. What other two song doctors wrote this song with Paul? That girl? No. No. Not, uh, you're either thinking either Diane Warren or Holly Knight. Yeah. It's not either of them. Okay. They're both guys. Um. You guys are your one hint. I bet you can get both of them in three guesses. John Beauvoir. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Who's uh, the third one? Um. Super catchy. It is super catchy. Who writes the super catchy songs? Well, Paul Stanley, first of all. Well, well yeah, there's no argument <laughs> John there. John Beauvoir. Yeah? Um, Old McDonald. <laughs> that was good. Like, every most people would have guessed the other one, and you got Jean Beauvoir right off the bat there. Because he's, so I gotta he's, like, a, he's like an eight-foot-tall black guy with a bleach blonde mohawk. Yeah, he's the man. The other, uh, the other co-writer on that was a guy that... Paul kind of, I, I, I believe, gave him like a really big break because he wrote I Was Made for Loving You with him as well back in the day, Desmond Child. So you got the triple threat of Paul Stanley, Jean Beauvoir, and Desmond Child. How is anybody not going to love that song? Yeah. It's great. How, how are you not singing along to that? Exactly. So, I guess it's time for my number three. Wow. And ties in kind of to my last entry because... Whereas I had the debut album at number four, I picked their sophomore album for my third favorite. And I'm honestly not surprised. I I love pretty much all this album with the exception of one song, which is what I like to call the Peter Chris factor. Sorry, just the way it is. Hey, I gave it, I gave it a zero too. So, <laughs> yeah, so like, this ranked number 15 for you. Well, I mean... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't say that. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I know, but I mean, it, I gave it a 65, so yeah, it hey. probably should be 15. Yeah, and and for someone who's such an Eric Singer girl, this is Eric Singer's favorite Kiss album. I, I guess, uh, it, besides the ones that he played on, maybe, yeah, but... Uh, I would hope so. As, as a fan of the band, this is his favorite album. Well... So, Hotter Than Hell is he, awesome, it's greatness, and he was around for it, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to admit to his real age for once. And he is ten thousand years old. <laughs> he is either thirty five or seventy five. <laughs> Something like no that. in between. Something like that. But yeah, I love Higher Than Hell. And yeah, I think I only gave like I gave Mainline next to nothing. I I didn't like that song at all. Same. I think that's the only one that I gave a, a bad score to on it. Uh, just off the top of my head, so we'll go with that. There's so many great songs. I had a hard time choosing, but I think this song is probably in my top ten songs of all time. I can't explain it. I just think it's a really cool freaking song. And there's a little bit of the, I got to sing on the microphone at the Kiss convention in front of the band for this song. So, hey, why not? It's going blind. 
bit there. A song that Gene Simmons based on another one of my favorite songs of all time because of that song. There's some inception for you. That song was based off of Mountain's theme from an imaginary western. That was Gone Blind by Kiss off of Hotter Than Hell in my top five Kiss songs ever. It's a, I really like it. I yeah. like every version that I ever hear of it, and it's, and it's always good. Yeah, and I'm so ill that they just don't play it live. They play I get, it. They play I it. I get back. why it's, because you have to. You have to kind of stay with the. It's kind of a downer, I suppose, in the overall scheme of the set list. But yeah, and it's it's a Gene song, but it's not a demon Gene song. Yeah, yeah, so you kind of have yeah. to go with the imagery of it. I get why they don't play it, but yeah. like they only play it like at the at the meet and greets at the VIP shows, yeah. the acoustic things. You know, or if they do it at the occasional acoustic show. The only time they've played it electrically in the last 10 years or so was on the Kiss Cruise, and it's not one that we were on. Yeah. Um, and they played it like in Australia at the beginning of the Rock the Nation tour. I would have loved to have been there for that, because that Australian set, when they f- started that tour, there was like seven or eight extra songs in that show that they didn't even play at all for the rest of the tour. It was just, it's, oh that thing I, just, I don't know why that's not on kissology but anyway i just thought of something and it made me yeah. really sad because it'll never happen what to have an eric singer double shot of like beth and going blind oh. and i'm just like oh yeah gene just give going blind to eric let him sing it he sings so good he does the, the background vocals he pulls on the unplugged version is great so and i'm just yeah. like and i know it'll never happen and then i just made myself sad so yeah. now yeah well you yeah. know we're just going to have to raise the funds. You know, for Rock and Pod Expo next year, instead of raising money for us and, and putting on a show, can we just raise money for Kiss? And then we, we, we'll we make even, the goddamn set list. We don't even need all of them. I just need Tommy and Eric. <laughs> that says you. As it... I know. We raised 10000 that We. We, uh, the, the expo raised ten thousand dollars so far this year, which is fucking awesome. But amazing, ten thousand is not getting Paul or Gene out of bed. Yeah, that's just the way. Eric but and Tommy, Eric and they Tommy might can, listen, and they can sing so good. They could sing all of these songs. Sure. I'll Tommy, back them up. I'll, Tommy, I'll, I'll do rhythm. Tommy's got a fucking guitar, and Eric just needs one little drum, yeah. and it'll be amazing. I'll play rhythm guitar, and uh, Butler can play bass. I was gonna say I will learn bass. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay, next we're going to play... We are going to skip a couple of decades and go all the way to 2009. This was also the first tour that Nola saw Kiss on. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a... I guess it's an asterisk in a way, but yeah. or I don't think it influenced your score. No. You know, because, I mean, there's songs on this you didn't like either, I mean, but... if it did, I would have given Modern Day Delilah a zero because I still haven't seen it. I hadn't seen it. You saw half of it. She went to the bathroom. God damn it. I asked Joey, and I was just like, hey, do I have time to go to the bathroom? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. You've got, like, this song that they're going to play on the PA, and then when you hear this song on the PA, you need to make sure to come back. Yeah, because they didn't do... And I'm like, okay. Yeah, they didn't do Won't Get Fooled Again like they always do. Like, something else was playing, and it was like, you know, it was was weird because it was the Frisco outdoor thing. And, you know, know, there's maybe like a Tom Petty song on the PA or something like that. And it was just like... And I'm, like, just loitering in the bathroom, like, taking my time, just a leisurely bathroom venture of of going and washing my hands and, like... And then she's in there and she can just hear, Oh, Ron, You know, it's like, she's like, 
And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like getting out of the stall and I'm just fucking motherfucker. God damn it. And like run back to the seat. The song's already halfway over because there's 20,000 people there, yeah, which she, is an exaggeration. There were, I don't know how many people were there. There are actually more, I think, or around that yeah. probably. Yeah. But I'm just, yeah, she missed the the thing where they they go where they from rise the back up. of they ro- rose from the back of the drum set to the front of it over over a, like a a cherry picker kind of thing. So mad. I, I'm I'm still very sorry that I said anything. You did me wrong. I should have just said, "Wait for I'm an animal." Yeah. God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we are talking about Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. Boy, you're and and you're gonna get hate for this because, quote unquote, Kiss fans, most of them do not like this record. Well, they're wrong. I I, and I'm not just saying this because you're here. I I think they're wrong. I think that they are hearing with their eyes, and not so much their ears on this one because they see Tommy and Eric on there and not Ace and Peter, and they're not down with it. I think there's a lot of that on the front end now. Any of the criticisms that I have of this album, and it's going to sound like I'm being hypercritical of this album because I ranked it at 20, but that being said, I gave it a 73%, and the only gripe I can really give this is from certain production standpoints, and this is where I get really nerdy, but you can hear some Pro Tools on it, and that's the difference between a, a, an album like Sonic Boom and Monster, where they recorded on the two-inch tape, and and monster sounds really organic sonic boom sounds pretty compressed and a little bit digital and that's the thing that takes away from it for me but song for song there's songs on here that if they played them live at any show I'd be like totally they should have never dropped say yeah they should commit to say yeah like they commit to freaking psycho circus Ugh. uh i would love to hear gene do yes i know i think that's a fun song uh you know there's there's some anthems on here all for the glory should be played at shows it's an give, Eric's, yeah. give Tommy and Eric a fucking second song. Yeah. Well, I mean, give Eric a third song and Tommy a second song. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, like, why aren't you guys playing half of this stuff? Like, I don't, I mean, I don't get it, but, yeah. I mean, what do I know? I'm just a girl and I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't only, there in the beginning and, and I've you, only been around since 2009, so what the fuck do I know? And you've only been a Kiss fan for 16 years, no big deal. Yeah, I mean, I've been, <laughs> I've been in this band longer than Ace has been in this band now. <laughs> So, so if I can play All for the Glory and When Lightning Strikes and say yeah, and what I'm going to play is Hot and Cold. Yeah, that, I mean, you just mentioned all those other songs. That's a random choice, but I, I like it. It's fun. I really liked it. I, sure. I don't think I have heard it since, you know, we did, we did the Too Much Kiss episodes, and yeah. even then I only gave it a verse and a chorus, and then Dangerous came on, and I was just like, I'm playing that. Because Dangerous is fucking fun. but You want to do Hot and Cold? But I want to do Hot and Cold. All right. Happy happy wife, happy life, right? You guys should definitely go listen to Dangerous, but right now you're going to listen to Hot and Cold. Yeah. 
an album that scored 86 out of 100 for Nola. That just, was just one higher than the last one. Yeah, yeah. So that was Hot and Cold from Sonic Boom, which in essence was a comeback album for Kiss because they hadn't put a record out, a studio album out, since Psycho Circus. So it took them 11 years to put a new record out. And on the way we scored the records, I gave Sonic Boom a higher score than Psycho Circus as well. So I remember initially liking it more than Psycho Circus. I definitely for, liked it more than Psycho yeah, Circus. You were not looking forward to a Psycho Circus uh, lesson. Sure, there was like, that being said, did you did you have any surprises? Because let, let's talk about Psycho Circus for a second because can we not? it's a it's a polarizing record. Like you you have some low scores on some of these, and it's it's the yeah. '90s stuff. But didn't Psycho Circus rank higher than any of the other '90s studio albums? Because there's yeah. only th- there's only three. Yeah, um, I mean, out of Revenge, Carnival of Souls, and Psycho Circus, it is the highest ranking one with a 50. Yeah. Uh, Revenge and Carnival of Souls are 37 and 33, respectively. Uh, not respectably, respectively. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I need to... Not by you, that's for sure. Yeah. Because there, uh, there's stuff on Psycho Circus that I respond to pretty well. Like, I think there's like a third of the album that I'm like, I could actually defend them playing that live. And I'm not even talking about the title track. I'm talking about like Raise Your Glasses. We Are One. And we Are One. Like stuff like that, I think really helped yeah, that record. Why, why are they not playing We Are One? I don't know. I like think it's after, like, after like Black Diamond and Beth or something when, it's like when they've said. got the disco ball and the spotlights. And I'm just like, why? That would be amazing. Why are we not putting our phone flashlights on and mm-hmm. and lighting it up right I, then. You just painted an amazing picture. I mean, as far as my ultimate kiss show, that would happen. Yeah. I bet, you know, a handful of people would agree with you, including me. I know Ken Mills would be down with that one for sure. He loves that song as much as I do. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Ultimate kiss show. We are one in the encore with disco ball, phones out, the whole thing. And it's the reason of the why they don't do it. I that's where the song was number one in Brazil. It came out as a single over there, went number one, nowhere else in the rest of the world. Brazil's got it going on as far as rock and roll goes. But the other thing about it is just like you said about going blind, it's not an atypical gene song, and that's that's the problem that people yeah. have with it. But that all being said, we're gonna do one more breakdown here before we get to the next song, and you're not gonna expect this. So real quick, your my niche was ranking the solo albums. Yours was doing a breakdown on and. It's not a big surprise, but the percentage of your favorite actual singer, yeah, lead vocalist. Lead, lead vocals for each song versus the points that those songs got. So, you know, Paul has 101 lead vocal tracks. Gene has 90. Peter has 11. Ace has 10. Eric Carr and Bruce each have one. And then Eric Singer and Tommy each have two. Yes. So I took their lead vocals, tallied up their points... Gave them a percentage. No surprise with Paul having the most lead vocals that he ranked the highest. The highest as far as someone with a lot of songs. Well, now, you have a yeah. few 100% yeah, sorry. rankings. <laughs> you have yeah. a few of those. And, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I, oh, and I've got one zero. And I feel so bad. I feel so terrible. And I feel like I need to send the Carr family a big fat check. Because I feel so bad about this. Poor Eric Carr. And his one song that I just absolutely did not like. Yeah, you did not like Little Caesar. And I think, honestly, some fans, if they were honest with themselves, they'd be like, this song's just okay. 
It's just all right. You gave it a fat zero. I did. And I feel so bad. <laughs> Eric, please don't smite me from heaven or beyond the grave. Yeah. Or or haunt me. Yeah. But all the other or, guys got out pretty uh, relatively unscathed. Yeah. As much as you hated Carnival of Souls, you liked Bruce's song. I did. And, um, yeah. So Bruce, Eric Singer, and Tommy... All, all, all batting a hundred. Um, <laughs> if you only well, have, well, if you only have two swings sorry. at the bat and you hit them both, then yeah. <laughs> Eric Singer, Bruce, and Tommy all batting a thousand. Uh, I mean, yeah, they had less tracks, but I really liked all of their songs. Yeah. yeah so, what was the difference in Paul versus Gene? Paul beats Gene. So Paul beats Gene. Uh, Paul has a very nice, respectable seventy-nine percent. Out of his 101 songs, I liked 80 of them. Like 80, yeah. 80 full points yeah. for Paul. Gene has a 57%. That's not bad. Not bad. I that's, mean, that's more than I expected him to get from Yeah. Me, so. I mean, and I'm, and I'm definitely a Paul girl. Sure. As, as you can tell by the songs that I chose, so far we've had one Gene song that will be the only Gene song that I have chosen. Yeah. But, you know, like, I like Gene. Like, I just like, like, Paul is a party and Gene throws a party to, yes. to steal from David. Um, yeah. Well, I was trying to figure out if I wanted to call him Dave or David Lee Roth. Or Diamond Dave. David, Diamond Dave. David LaRoth, as David, Marco says. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, to, to steal a line from, from the great David Lee Roth there. But, you know, I just, I think that's where, where the gender difference really comes in. Sure. Like mo- I, I, I like I to think it. that makes sense. most guys are Paul guys or most guys are Gene guys and, most girls are Paul girls, but you know. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's, you know. It is what it is. Uh, who did better, Ace or Peter? Uh, Ace. Okay, what was Bare- the difference? Barely four percent. Okay. So Ace, uh, Ace got a solid five out of ten for a fifty percent, and uh, Peter had a five out of eleven, gave him forty six percent. That's more than I would expect him from Peter too. Well, I don't I, think he got that from me. I don't think well, he I mean, did. But so. Peter's got, you know, he's got Beth, Beth, Black and Hard Luck Woman. Yeah. You're right. So, I mean... I gave those all a point. Yeah. yeah. I, I know so, I'm just like, it's just... Yeah, I just... Uh, you know, it's like... I think the Peter songs I like the best are definitely the earlier ones. Black Diamond. I like Getaway All Right. I hate Mainline. Love Strange Ways. You know, so I'm, I'm hot and cold with them to steal yeah. from your song title earlier. But, yeah. So, there's the... Lead singer breakdown per Nola. Yeah, there's there's your lead vocal breakdown. Thank you for doing that. That was pretty next well, level I mean, stuff. Well, I mean, so. I wanted to know those too because just as i'm going through i'm just like well who sings this versus who sings this yeah i mean obviously i'm listening to it i should be able to tell but sometimes sometimes you can't and okay so in true rock strikes 10 fashion we're not going to play my number two and the reason we're not going to play my number two right now is because we're going to tease it because that's going to be nola's number one so it's the, it's the only record we have shared in our top five so nola's going to spotlight this record with her number one so i was thinking well what are we going to do now because i really thought we actually didn't have any matches but since we do we're going to play you an odd and end out yeah. of the kiss catalog so i had the task of listening to all the brand new songs from compilations basically so the studio side of alive 2 the four new songs off of killers the two new songs, Sans Beth, off of Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. That's ten songs right there. That's a full-length album, especially from the Kiss era. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking, oh, I'll just rank them top to bottom and see what my favorite one was. And not that I got lazy, but I was like, eh, 
you know, maybe just play something that I don't think I've played on the show at all. Just play what you want to play. It's yeah, your show. Play what you want. Yeah, because the freaking Alive 2 Studios side is gold. I mean, all of it's great. I love all of that. But, uh, you know, and hey, I love X and Sex and Rock Hard. I do. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, fuck all you guys that don't like those songs. <laughs> They're super fun, man. They are way fun. I can't tell you how many times I listened to Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits just over the summer of 1990. That thing never left my Walkman. So... I treat those songs as hits and part of the greatest singles catalog of Kiss. Despite the fact they're at the top of the album, they're on the greatest hits. That's just how I viewed it, you know. So. Yeah. How are they not greatest hits? They're yeah, on the greatest hits. Exactly. Totally. Okay. <laughs> so, but that all being said, this is a really cool track. And since Paul ranked the highest on your lead vocal, I'm going to spotlight what I think might be in the top five great Paul studio takes ever. And that's a song. Read off my of- body. Yeah. Oh, you do love that song, don't I you? Sure do. Boy, we fought on that one. This, this, this is our. We don't really fight in real life, and I mean that. Like, you know, we, we all have the same kind of adult things that people do, like where we, we, we stress over financial things sometimes, but it never leads to like the kind of bullshit that bad marriages do. And I'm not yeah. just saying that to brag, but that's just the way it is. But you bring up "Read My Body," and we're just like, ah, <laughs> oh, what is wrong with you? Well, there's nothing wrong with me because I'm fun. You're the one who's not fun. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I like Master and Slave. You hate it. You love Read My Body. And I'm not fond of it. And <laughs> and it's on principle. Like I said, there's five names missing off the songwriting credits. And they're I all under, Def Leppard. I understand your argument for it. But you... you Once again, I'm not fun. But you can't fault the song... For that, like it's not the song's fault that the producer, you know, executive guy didn't put those credits on there. That's not Paul and Gene. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> you're, you're you're just you're just defending your taste, and I get it. You well, know. let me let me ask you this: true opinion. If the proper credit was there, what would you give it? Would you give it a zero or a half or a one? I don't even remember what I, I... I mean, I didn't give it more than a half when I scored it. I don't honestly remember what, what I scored it at. I I still wouldn't give it a full point, honestly. I, I don't think so. I, I can't imagine. I just... So if anybody's looking for a new husband... Hey! Can... Hey! <laughs> Jesus. No, we're just having fun here. We are just having fun. This is That is the biggest argument we've ever had in our entire marriage so far. So, <laughs> knock on wood. It's over a goddamn album, a deep album cut from Hot in the Shade. So, so when you like see I us saying, at the expo, you, you you brought up "Read My Body." You totally killed off the intro there. <laughs> yeah, when you see us at the expo, okay, when what you are see you it at the expo, uh, give us give us your vote on whether or not "Read My Body" is the best song in the world or not. Oh, I'm winning that shit. I'm I'm winning all the dinners there. So, as I was introing the song I'm about to play Sorry. before you said "Read My Fucking Body." <laughs> Why are the are the letters not big enough for you? Oh, God, what are you just gonna turn the page and get to the good stuff? Oh yeah, let, let's get to the good stuff. So, top five Paul Stanley vocals of all time. This has to be on there from Killers, nineteen eighty two. This is nowhere to run.
yeah. Don't it make you feel good? That was the epic nowhere to run from Killers. No matter what version of Killers you get, whether it's the German version or the Japanese version, because it was an import only. It was never released in America. It still hasn't to this day. I'm surprised. You know, they're, they're such hucksters with their catalog and all their merchandising, but they have still never officially released Killers in the United States, with the exception of the Kisteria box set. But, yeah. I, I don't know why, but whatever international label that did pay them to write heavy metal songs for Killers, they should be commended because they obviously heard the Elder and didn't like what they heard. So they were like, please <laughs> do this did? instead. I'm telling you, like, I, there needs to be some sort of round table, and I hope to do it at some point, no matter if it's on another show or this show, where what would have been instead of the elder because they already had worked on stuff like uh, love's a deadly weapon which wound up on asylum instead they had it's my life pretty much almost ready to go and what the what the follow-up to unmasked would have been if they had put some of those songs on there including all the stuff that wound up on killers you know so things like that i mean i just think that would have been that probably would have saved their butt and the credibility of the hard rock fans that's for sure but yeah by the way what did you rank the elder at uh, the Elder did way better than I thought that it would. I'm not just trying to, like, make you feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel bad by saying that, but I was fascinated that it ranked 18. 18. Yeah, well, still. And you like the Elder. Here we go, ready? Nola likes the Elder better than Revenge. The Her liking it better than Carnival Souls shouldn't be a surprise, but she likes the Elder more than she likes Revenge. So... If you agree with her, come up to her at the expo and let her know that. Okay. Please I'm don't. Just gonna move on. Revenge got a thirty-seven. The Elder got a forty. They're they're unliked. I think. But when I mean, even I think the album we disagree on the most is Revenge. It's man. You know, it's one of those things where it's just like, well, what do you call the guy who finished last in medical school, and it's still doctor? So it's just yeah. like. It's got to have a ranking. Like, something has to come in last. And just... I'm just... It's still a Kiss album. It's still a Kiss album, and I still had to rank it. And motherfucking <laughs> Elder still got a fucking 40 and wasn't my lowest ranked one. And I just don't... I don't know what's going on in this world anymore. <laughs> yeah. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. Well, some things are universal. I even talk about how there are certain albums that are loved by fans and critics alike... And they're not overrated because at the end of the day, they're just great albums. Pet Sounds is a great record. Uh, Raw Power is a great record. London Calling is a great record. Purple Rain is a great record. And universally, in the eyes of KISS fans, and even the hardest nose of critics, your number one KISS pick is a great record. And proof positive, we scientifically broke it down. I think we gave it the same score. And it is your number one, so go ahead. Dramatic pause. I think most people probably have an idea. I mean, if you don't, if you can't <laughs> guess this, then then you guys aren't Kiss fans. Uh, with a record high, the only of, one to break ninety, right? The only one to break ninety. Uh, eight points from number two with a ninety-four is Destroyer. There you go. You can't what, no yeah. no zeros. Yeah, what are one we... half. What was your half? Uh, my half was Great Expectations. Wow. I mean, yeah. it's it's a good song. It's I just, I don't need it on that album. All right. It's, See, I don't need Sweet Pain on the record. 
it's just it's kind of it's kind of out of place and yeah, but, and it's just kind of weird and I'm just like well I mean it's, I, I think it's the one of the ultimate Bob Ezrin songs yeah. it should be on the record but I it, was but sweet it comes pain. after God of Thunder and I'm just like it's just weird yeah and I'm not trying to tell you how to feel. I just I I think that you gave Sweet Pain a full point because you just haven't heard it all that much. Yeah, and you're I not mean sick probably. <laughs> like I'm, I I will agree with that statement. Like that's I like, it just is what it is. Yeah, I love Dick Wagner. That's about as much as I can say about that song. And I mean, again, I don't even really remember it. I remember liking it when we did this when we started this six months ago. So, <laughs> yeah, two months ago. You know. 16 oh, wow. records ago. Mm-hmm. But I so mean, I guess we're not going to play Great Expectations. We're not. We're also not going to play Rock and Roll Party. We didn't count that yeah, at all. That doesn't count, yeah. And neither does Fanfare on The Elders. So that yeah. didn't count either. So it's too uh, short. Yeah. My favorite song off this record uh, is what we're going to play. We're going to play Do You Love Me. Nice. And of course, we're going to play what I feel is the permanent upgrade for Destroyer, which is the Destroyer Resurrected version because everything about Destroyer Resurrected is great. Maybe you could argue the album cover should have never been changed. They should have just put out this mix and that, but I love how... I've said this before over and over again. I love the Bob Ezrin 2012 mix, and I think it's the best mix, and there's so much more going on, but it's still classic. It's not a George Lucas thing. It's like, this is the way it should have sounded, but they just didn't have... Because they had limitations, so... They had, had great be... expectations, but they had limitations. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. Yeah. And yes, I do love you. Even even when uh, you crack bad puns and I crack even worse puns, it still manages to work out. So, great choice. Closing off Nola's list. So, my number two, your number one. Hey, number two. <laughs> hey, number one. <laughs> do you love me? You really like my limousine You like the way the wheels roll You like my seven-inch leather heels I'm going to all of the shows Do you love me? Do you love me? 
Alright, Do You Love Me, the closing track from Destroyer. Still great, always great. That's another one, it probably should never leave the set list because I never get tired of it. It always gives me a nice chill up the back of the spine, especially when they do it live. But uh, just that production is flawless. Once again, Bob Ezrin, genius. And just, you know, the drums are just so good on it. Peter never sounded better than he did on Destroyer, in my opinion. He he did really good on Dress to Kill is another really good Peter drum record, but uh, Destroyer, you could definitely tell that that was his, his crowning achievement, as pretty much everybody else in the band as well. So, that being said, what could possibly be next? If What's Des- better than Destroyer? Well, in the scoring system, these actually did tie on the point basis, but I so had... nothing. Nothing, basically, but I had to make a decision. You had to choose. Yes. Woo-hoo-hoo. Ooh. <laughs> and I don't know if it was one of those things where, you know, I didn't go out of my way to where we didn't agree on our number ones because that would have been really neat but I, I was being honest with myself also yeah because we we put yours in order first yeah i mean you knew my scores but we yeah yeah exactly i just wasn't 100 yeah. percent sure so i really like it it's like if you ask me that day it's this if you ask me this day you know it's it's one of those yeah. things and yeah monday wednesday friday it's destroyer tuesday thursdays yeah. it's what so uh, you know, I'm one of those fans that also makes fun of this statement as well, but every time Kiss puts a new record out, it seemed for the longest time they'd be like, oh, well, this album is this album meets that album, and those are my top two. So I guess the reason they're trying to appeal to me, let's just say, mm-hmm. right? So, yes, my number one album for the Kiss catalog, officially, as of today, <laughs> is Creatures of the Night. And to me, like, funny, because I mean, so much thought was put into Destroyer by Vezrin. You know, they they picked the songs apart, like, just went to school on them. Yeah, like Cre- Brian Wilson did. Yeah, and, and not that Creatures of the Night wasn't approached with some sort of seriousness, but when you read about the production on both those albums, it's so night and day. It sounds like Creatures was so disjointed because they're literally just working the album as a a three-piece officially. Ace was not officially out of the band, but he was gone. He he didn't play one note. Even when he was there, he was gone. (laughs) In some ways, yeah, like Sweet Pain, for instance, yeah. But this was basically made with Gene, Paul, and Eric Carr, and they're like, who are we going to get to play guitar for the tour that's coming up? We have these dates booked. They're making this album basically with a gun to their heads. And, you know, maybe it's one of those things, like, you know, some people do their best work with a gun to their head. This is an example of that in spades. I don't think any of the lead guitar players that either were ghost musicians or what have you played two songs in a row on this album. So it it shouldn't sound like a cohesive thing, but somehow it does. It's amazing. And, you know, Michael James Jackson is a great hard rock producer. I don't even know anybody else he produced, but he produced Creature of the Night and Lick It Up. And those albums sound really good. They're perfect albums for the early 80s. That's I don't think there's an argument there. But yeah. Love me some creatures of the night. It's Eric Carr's shining hour. It's it's like Eric Carr playing John Bonham. Like Bonham had been dead for a couple of years, and he got into the heart and soul of Eric Carr, and this happened. And they should have given Eric Carr a vocal on it. That would have been awesome. I'm trying to think of what song he would have sang on it. I probably would have given Saint and Sinner a half point. Had yeah, you didn't Eric... like Saint and Sinner. 
uh, sang it because that was my one zero for the record. I think that'd be that would have been a good song for him to sing. I didn't even say that with too hard of an inflection. That that's a that would have been a good one for him. And I he I think he sounds tough on that. There's a, there's a good swing on his attack there. But all uh, nerdy drumming things aside, mm-hmm. Creature of the Night is a solid classic rock album, and everybody should own it as much as Destroyer apparently. So in your opinion, in my opinion, and here's another song that you hear at every show, and you should because. It's just one of the great rock anthems ever. I don't care if you're Kiss or the Rolling Stones or Slade. This is an anthem, and it should be played at every show. And it is, so yay. Hooray! We're closing off with a super obvious song, but I've never played the studio version, to my knowledge, on Rock Strikes 10. So let's write that wrong. This is I Love It Loud.
of it loud. Right between the eyes. Yes. Of course, closing off our top five Kiss catalog choices. My pick for favorite Kiss album, Creature of the Night. I know you didn't plan this in advance, but the way that you ranked Creature of the Night on your <laughs> list is super creepy. Because well. <laughs> it ranked at 13. Mm-hmm. And then what else did it do? So, out of the 100 possible points, it got a 66.6. It is the one album that we did not uh, round the percentage up, because how could you? Yeah, that's just, that's crazy. (laughs) Ah, yes. So, man, I'm I'm wore out. This was a a big to-do, and I, I guess... I don't know if I'm glad it's over. I had fun doing it. Yeah, so, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so I, I learned a lot about myself and about you and and about what the uh, reason for our future divorce will be in <laughs> in 900 years. No. All right. So what I'm going to do? I haven't done this in a long time, but I'm going to actually put. We're going to make a blog post. Yeah, we are. I haven't Rem- remember blogs. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> And usually I just use, you know, I use the blog page to post the episode and I just leave it there and probably nobody ever visits it. But I'm going to give you a reason to go to the website while I do the plugs. So if you go to cnjradio.com, click on the Rock Strikes 10 page, which is right there at the top with everything else. If you click the Rock Strikes 10 page, there will be a blog post on this particular episode and it'll have Nola's top 20 with her score percentage and my top 24 with the score percentage next to it. It's going to be a long post, but I, I like the idea of this. So go to cnjradio.com, click on the Rock Strikes 10 page, check out our top 20, and marvel at the randomness of it. While you're on cnjradio.com, every episode of Rock Strikes 10 exists there, including some of the ones that aren't on iTunes anymore. If you go all the way back to the fall of 2012, you will hear a epic four-part episode that myself and Nola here recorded as we were on the Kiss Cruise. Not, we didn't record it on the cruise, but we recorded it to post while we were on the cruise, and it, it went out sporadically in a four-parter. We picked our favorite overall song from each Kiss album at that time. So five yeah. years ago, there may be a different perspective there. And those were our picks from five years ago for each studio album. So there was 20, not including the solo albums. Correct. And then we picked one song each, four-parter, 40 songs, bada-bing, bada-boom. That's on there, and tons of other episodes, of course. While you're on cnjradio.com, stick around for The Synaptic, featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative, who will also be at the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo at the cnjradio.com table. And stay tuned for Chris's blogs with Wrestling House Show and Last Theater on the Left. They're all constantly updated, and... Chris will be back soon. Looking forward to that. Yeah. We'll definitely have him on the show ASAFP right here in the studio. Definitely excited for that. Nola, I want to thank you for your time in this entire project and just coming on to the show today overall. Very welcome. It's always it's always fun. Easily the highlight of my month right now as far as just doing this whole thing. And the cat. Easily the highlight of my month so far, I think, and the way work's been going, I don't think that that is an overstatement. So We are seven days into this month. Oh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> and of course, we can never forget, last but not least, 
Extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Space Beard for the awesome outro, who is a big, massive, huge member of the KISS Army in his own right. So maybe, Pete, if you're listening, I would love for you to rank the entire KISS catalog, because I know he's got them all on vinyl. He's got them all on vinyl, I think. He even has Sonic Boom on vinyl, I think. And that's impossible to get on vinyl. Anyway, I would love to see your top 20, Pete. I think that would be excellent. I don't even know what his number one would be. Yeah, it'd be Destroyer. Yeah, well, who knows? I know his favorite KISS album is Alive, like a lot of ours, but can't count Alive when you do this uh, breakdown. So now I'm really curious. Pete, please do it. I'm begging you. All right. Everybody else, I want to thank you for tuning into the show. Whether you're a KISS fan or a non-KISS fan, I hope you still had some fun. Feel free to send the feedback on all the links on cnjradio.com with the Facebook page and the Twitter. Send me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Especially if you're not a fan. I'm, you know, obviously the the, the big fan. Not so much not a fan, but maybe just someone who hasn't been. A casual observer. Yeah. Yeah. A bystander of rock and roll magic. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. And, you know, obviously the massive Kiss fans that hear this are going to let me know what they think about both of our lists. So I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready to get trashed. So, or smashed. smashed. Or hit. If they go, yeah, they have to go to the expo to do that. So, all right, everybody else. (laughs) Thanks again for your time and for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Have fun.